At a subconscious level, perhaps we tend to be more varied in our acceptance of the validity of the racialized experiences of our Asian and Asian American neighbors. Maybe at a deeper level, we tend to dismiss the impact of racism directed at Asians and Asian Americans. Or when we learn of it, we are at a loss for how to adequately respond. For many in the AAPI community, just leaving home requires a new routine and a mental shift that prioritizes survival. It's coupled with a subtle fear, wondering if they or a loved one will become the next victim. The spike in hostility towards Asian Americans coincides with the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, this should be no surprise. You know, we've we've had that we've had people you know, blaming this this virus solely on China, which whether or not it's true, what that does to Chinese Americans and people who look like them here in America is, you know, really just awful. Um, between March and December of 2020, so, you know, last year, 2,808 complaints were reported to stop AAPI hate, which is um, um, Asian American Pacific Islander hate. Um, the organization um, tracks racist encounters against Asian Americans, and they reported that 8.7% of the incidents involved physical assaults, and 71% included verbal harassment, like, you know, the one um, NBA star Jeremy Lin experienced when he was called coronavirus on the court. Um, in her in in a survey of nearly seven hundred Asian Americans across the country, sixteen percent reported being coughed on or spat on deliberately, and twenty four percent reported workplace discrimination. While fourteen percent said they had been barred from an establishment, like you know, a shop or a restaurant. Nobody came. Nobody helped. Nobody made a video. They were the words of Noel Quintana a 61-year-old Filipino-American who, on February 3rd of 2021, was slashed across the face on the New York City subway. He was describing his experience to journalists at the Washington Post and would later echo the same sentiment to city leaders during a recent rally protesting violence against Asian Americans. Despite being the fastest growing racial and ethnic group in the country, despite consisting of 20 million people with roots in more than, you know, 20 countries, the racism, the discrimination, and the disparities experienced by many Asian Americans are often overlooked. Now, as a string of high-profile attacks has made more people pay attention, that is slowly starting to change. Now let's talk about a few recent hate crimes against the Asian community, starting off with Vicha Ratanapakti. In an unprovoked attack, Antoine Watson charged at Ratanapakti on Thursday during the senior's morning walk. Ratanapakti's head appears to hit the garbage door behind him as he falls. He was taken to the hospital, but unfortunately passed away due to the injuries. Appearing at court, Watson pleaded not guilty to the charges of murder and elder abuse causing death. As he was escorted out of the courtroom, his grandmother shouted, quote-unquote, I love you, Antoine. Walking out of the courtroom, Watson's grandmother told reporters that she, quote-unquote, wants to see him walk out of this door like I'm walking out right now. San Francisco Mayor London Breed, Police Chief Bill Scott, and District Antony 
Chesa Boudin denounced the violence. In similar news, a 91-year-old man, 91, was pushed to the ground in Oakland's Chinatown. Harrowing video footage um, that was somehow captured shows the elderly man walking by himself when an unidentified assailant rushes up to him and pushes him down. As the man falls face first to the ground, the attacker takes off. Now, the incident occurred outside the Asian Resource Center. The Oakland Police Department said the suspect went on to attack other elderly people. The police stated the suspect then approached a 60-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman from behind that were also walking in the 800 block of Harrison Street. The suspect pushed both victims to the ground, resulting in the woman losing consciousness. The man also suffered an injury. Both victims were treated at a local hospital for injuries. That's how severe they were. The the injuries that were so severe, the, you know, them being harassed this way, it was so severe that they had to go to a hospital. Just let that sink in for a moment. The analysis released by the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism at California State University this month examined hate crimes in 16 of America's largest cities. It revealed that while such crimes in 2020 decreased overall by 7%, those targeting Asian people rose by nearly 150%. Karthik Ramakrishnan, founder and director of Demographic Data and Policy Research nonprofit AAPI Data, told NBC Asian America that while the uptick cannot be entirely attributed to the Trump administration's racist rhetoric about the coronavirus, he believes former President Donald Trump's wielding of the fact that the virus originated in China and repeated elevation of the China virus rhetoric did play a part in fostering hate. And we all know what, what, you know, this rhetoric has done. It basically is just setting, helping him to set a new narrative. You know, um, presidents overall have a huge role, even, you know, outsized, even bigger than it should be in terms of shaping it. You know, they don't call it, um, you know, a bully pulpit for nothing. Um, and especially Trump, the way he frequently used Twitter you know, as well as press uh, press conferences and off-the-cuff remarks as well, to campaign rallies to frame the narrative in a particular way. This likely did play a huge role. The analysis revealed a surge in cities such as New York, where anti-Asian hate crimes rose from 3 in 2019 to 28 in 2020, an 833% increase. 800%. Los Angeles and Boston, also which house, you know, huge Asian American communities, also experienced notable rises in these hate crimes from 7 to 15 and 6 to 14, uh, respectively. Um, In Washington, D.C., however, experienced a decline from 6 to 3 anti-Asian hate crimes. Chicago remained unchanged with two crimes each year. So there's, you know, there's an interesting dynamic, you know, in places that in certain cities, they're, they rose and obviously in like Washington, D.C., they declined and in Chicago, they stayed the same. So it just shows you how, 
you know, people are spread out everywhere. And people who believe things like Trump's blatant lies and racism about the coronavirus, people who believe things like that, they are also everywhere. They're everywhere. You can never count, you know, the power of of someone as vile as Trump. You can never count the power of his words out. Though New York accounts for a sizable portion of the increase, the increases in other cities are significant as well. We also know that first-generation immigrants tend to underreport acts of racial discrimination and hate crimes. But the fact that we are talking about changed data suggests a meaningful shift. That likely means not just greater reporting, but actually greater occurrence. According to the analysis, it's likely that overall hate crimes declined due to the pandemic and the subsequent lack of interaction in public areas and other gathering places, including public transit, commercial businesses, schools, and houses of worship. The first spike in anti-Asian hate crimes occurred in March and April last year. However, it occurred alongside a rise in COVID-19 cases and ongoing negative associations of Asian Americans with the virus. Now, research on Trump's use of his, you know, racist language in reference to other groups, um, you know, other groups, sorry, wrong emphasis there, other groups shows that his language did have a profound impact on how people behave towards, you know, these marginalized groups. Um, a 2020 study that examined Trump's comments about Mexican immigrants during his pe- uh, presidential campaign, you know, when he referred to them as rapists and declared that when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. What, I mean... What a stupid and idiotic statement. But anyway, um, a research um, campaign, you know, on this found that those inflammatory remarks emboldened certain members of the American public. And, you know, almost they felt like it gave them a license to express um, prejudices that they held so deeply. Researchers dubbed this the Trump effect, the Trump effect. Trump's rhetoric on Latinos in 2016 actually changed people's attitudes and behavior toward Latinos. So they were much, much more likely to be punitive towards Latinos in the workplace. A separate study revealed that the use of China virus language to refer to the coronavirus, particularly by the GOP officials and conservative outlets, has resulted in a shift in how many, many people in the U.S. perceive Asian Americans. Research suggests that when people see Asian Americans as being more foreign, they are more likely to express hostility towards them and engage in acts of violence and discrimination. Now, the uptick in discrimination against the Asian-American Pacific Islander community is distressing, but there are ways to push back and resources available to lend support. Here's, here's some examples of what you can do. The very first thing you can do is speak up and speak out. Asian-Americans Advancing Justice, otherwise known as AAJC, has created the Stand Against Hatred platform to empower Asian and Asian Americans to share their stories and document hate as a way to educate and inform. This platform amplifies visibility of AAPI people while also reshaping and reclaiming a narrative perpetuated by harmful stereotypes. Unfortunately, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders often are invisible to the public. 
or where we are visible, it falls into a couple of different stereotypes. One stereotype, we also have an episode on this if you guys want to check it out, is called the model minority. The suggestion that there are no issues that really affect the Asian American community, they are already doing well. And they don't have needs that we need to be worried about. And of course, we know this is very much false. This movement and this moment itself proves that it is false. By amplifying and centering AAPI voices, the community needs get amplified as well. Number two, receive help for your mental well-being. Asian Americans are under a lot of distress as a result of the recent attacks. Although the need is great, the Asian American community tends to underutilize mental health services, you know, even stigmatizing them. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, members of the Asian American Pacific Islander community are the least likely to seek the help of any racial group. In 2019, the organization claimed that only 23.3% of Asian American Pacific Islander adults with mental illnesses were receiving treatment. To help raise awareness about mental health offerings for, you know, specifically AAPI individuals, um, the National Alliance on Mental Illness has listed a number of resources specifically designed for Asian Americans. Among the resources listed is Psychology Today's search port uh, portal to help the um, AAPI people find Asian mental health professionals with common backgrounds. You know, it, it can sometimes be easier to open up to someone of, you know, you're the same race as you, someone who has gone through the same things as you, you know, someone who may be knows exactly what you're talking about when you say mental health is stigmatized. In addition to the um, National um, Awareness Alliance sorry, on Mental Illness, the Asian American Studies Institute at the University of Connecticut, in the conjunction with the, you may have seen the hashtag on Twitter, I am not a virus campaign, they've created a downloadable workbook to promote and prioritize self-care for Asian Americans. The third thing you can do is protect Asian elders. Between March 2020 and December 2020, Stop AAPI Hate received 126 reports of incidents specifically involving elderly Asians and Asian Americans. Safety for elderly family members, many of whom do not speak English as a first language, is a major, major worry. In response, activists in California's Bay Area created compassion in Oakland to accompany elderly Asian men and women who may feel unsafe outdoors. According to the nonprofit's website, more than 400 Californians are stepping forward to protect elder Asian Americans. On the project's or on the organization's website, out-of-state volunteers can apply to bring a compassion project in their area. If you do not have this in your area, do some research and perhaps consider creating one. And finally, raise funds to empower AAPI individuals and businesses. Use resources that you can find, like, you know, a GoFundMe or a Change.org petition. Anything that will help to lift up others around you. There are numerous grassroots um, crowdfunding websites that raise funds for specifically anti-xenophobia causes. You can also set one up for your own community. The most important thing you can do when things like this happen 
is have compassion for others. And more than that, the final step you can take is to try to advocate for justice. Don't be silent. As we always say, you have a voice. Use it. Speak up against injustices. That's what makes the world change. And that that is what makes the world a better place. Mm -hmm.